This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MQ on Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Been a little while since you heard from us. Uh, unfortunately, we did have an episode recorded last week, but uh, the audio on it just essentially corrupted. So we couldn't release a podcast where the audio corrupted. That's kind of the premises of a podcast. Uh, so apologies on that front. Uh, hopefully it all goes well this week. Um, basically, our, our summary of um, the episode that you didn't hear about, which is regards to the Doncaster and Fleetwood game, was... was or game to say sorry it was pretty disappointing um obviously Doncaster especially was really really bad um we were took we talked about you know maybe rotating some players maybe reading Josh, Josh Fouquet crew which I'm sure we'll get onto later things like that uh but overall it was nice to have a little break from it all uh of course the AC London game rescheduled to January um and yeah back on the grammar two games to look forward to this episode and well, as always I got the pleasure alongside my two co-hosts to do so um first of all Ross how you doing? Well, all I can say is uh, England aren't MK Dons for sure. Um, it's been a long two weeks, um, but yeah, I can't wait to get back on Saturday. Yeah, so unfortunately, I, I'm not going to use myself, but I know you two gents are, so I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Um, Joe, how about yourself? How how have you enjoyed your little break and um, yeah, get back to the action on Saturday? Yeah, so I've got a, the Peugeot 208 will be uh, full to the brim. Uh, we're heading down to uh, Shrewsbury, so it should be should be a good good time. And uh, Ross has got the the pleasure of the Wigan journey, so uh, yeah, I, I got out of, I got out of that one uh, quite nicely there, I think. But um, <laughs> oh yeah, looking forward to it. It's, um, it's the game's coming thick and fast now after what seems like an age of a break. So I, I went to my local club Kettering, so I watched some non-league action there, which was good. So yeah, now now time to get stuck into the uh, proper stuff. Yeah, yeah, and plenty of away games coming up, of course. You know, the aforementioned Shrewsbury Wigan, of course, crew can up in a few weeks, which I know people are starting to pick up for. Uh, and in a sandwich in between that, uh, home against Rotherham. So, yeah, not, nice busy end to October, which I'm sure, you know, a lot a lot of people will be going to listen to this podcast and uh, ones that don't also. Uh, but let's get second to our previews of the two games coming up 
before next episode as uh, a Shrewsbury first of all. Um, Shrewsbury, it's it's not great reading for Shrewsbury alongside uh, Doncaster, who of course were our last preview. Uh, 23rd in the league, uh, so pretty poor. Only won the two games a season out of the 12. Uh, so drew two of those and lost the other eight. Um, pretty poor. Of course, the manager there is still Steve Cottrell. Um, obviously, of course, he had his health issues last season and it's good to see that he's recovered from all of those and is back on touch on this season. But unfortunately, with such a high turnover in that squad, it's been a real struggle for them to gel as a squad in general. Um, and of course, maybe, you know, we'll see that later on in the season. But for now, it's been a pretty a pretty grim read. Of course, the last game they played, they lost 2-1 to Ipswich. Um, they played during last weekend when non-teams did really because of the international break. Um, so yeah, they fell victim to Ipswich, which is starting to get back to form. In terms of how they play as a team, um, they're quite a high turnover team. Um, they're a top three for that, according to Opto Analysts. And what that essentially means is, yes, they they give the ball away at the same time, but they also win it back fairly quickly. Um, and accompanying that with, you know, a, a fairly quick direct speed in terms of being a top five in the league at 1.78 means that they do like a, a long ball from time to time, but also they can give the ball away. So it's quite a, it's quite a hard team to get a read on from, from, well, from the stats, but in particular, but they're very much a team who vary their aerial duels. They quite like an aerial duel. Uh, and once you get the lead off them, they're pretty difficult to get up back or get back into the game. You know, I, I'm sure Joe will mention later on that, you know, the games are pretty close. So giving them the first goal in a game is quite a bad thing, um, especially with their, their play style being, you know, getting that one goal lead and just sitting back and not really letting the opposition, well, making the opposition try and break them down. Um, but they've only scored nine goals this season. So, Finishing the chances has been a pretty, a pretty weak point, quite frankly, of their team. Um, and considering they play the three-four-one-two a bit like themselves, ourselves, sorry, um, having that front three fairly advanced at the field, them to only score nine it is pretty poor. And obviously, conceding the eighteen gives them that that two-to-one ratio on the negative side, which shows you know, that they have been a very good team. And yeah, it's, it's taking a bit of time for them to get together, but. You know, they're quite an aggressive side and they could cause some problems, but like Doncaster did. Um, but it'd be all about for the Dons adapting to another difficult away day and, you know, bouncing back for a pretty difficult performance away to Doncaster. Um, so, Ross, um, as always, you've got some key players to talk about for Shrewsbury. So, um, take it away. Yeah, well, as you say, Liam, um, obviously our common theme in the past few games has been letting teams get ahead. And uh, it seems like the first goal is going to be a crucial goal. Um, but yeah, as you say, um, I've only got one player to touch upon on the Shrewsbury side. Um, I think it's probably down to the fact of the form. Um, you can't really pick pick a single person. It's more the whole team um, not performing. But I've gone with Luke Leahy, um, one of the most consistent performers in the side. Um, I believe he got released from Bristol um, uh, last window after they got relegated to League Two and um, Shrewsbury gave him a two-year deal. And he's, in fact, their leading goal scorer from, um, I, I believe he plays in the number six, um, deep, uh, protecting the centre-halves. Um, but in his last five games, he's um, on sofa score, he's got a, a rating above seven. So he's a consistent performer in his side. And obviously, if Shrewsbury are going to start picking up points, uh, they're going to need consistent performers. And... Um, I, I do believe Luke Lee, he's this. Um, but as 
we all know. Um, he's one of his weaknesses is giving the ball away and having Twiney pressure him, um, or even Mo or Troy. Um, it's and if he gives the ball away, he's going to be leading to key chances. So it'd be interesting to see how he deals with that. Um, but aside from that, I don't really have many players to touch upon. Yeah, that's not really too surprising for a team like Shrewsbury the way they are and you know the petition they are in the league. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Luke he, he, Luke Lee he, he's definitely the standout out of that team. Um, Joe, as so we mentioned about the high turnovers and of course our last game at Shrewsbury, you know it, it kind of echoed that in terms of how the performance went. How do you think uh, a Liam Manning side approaches this game from that perspective of you know being careful with the ball compared to Russell Martin's side from last season? There's only one game where we've had trouble in that regard this season, and that was Bournemouth, and uh, that was that was a game Russell Martin took charge of. Uh, and, and and I think you know we've seen that that when teams are pressing us high, we're not we're not taking silly risks, which we maybe would have done before. Now, if you do beat the press, I agree, you know you, you're in. But sometimes it is just best to take that safety first approach because we were really stung by it when we played Shrewsbury last. Um, I'll just touch on. Um, Quickly, Josh Bella. I think he's you know plays in the middle of the park for Shrewsbury, and he he has got some you know decent pedigree. He's been at Bolton as well, I believe, and he can play. Um, and he's just an absolutely you know really tenacious player. In nine appearances, he's already picked up four yellows, and I think only one team has got more yellow cards in the league than Shrewsbury. So it just shows that they are willing to get stuck in. They're going to get in your face. So just you know, it's not going to be. They might not be doing very good, but they a lot of the game. They've only lost by one goal. Six out of the eight games they've lost have just been by the one goal. And so it's going to be close. It's going to be competitive. But I think our quality should see us through. And um, just a little fact for you. Uh, Shrewsbury, they, they started, uh, well, the middle of last season, they did really well under Steve Cottrell. However, from the last 72 points available, um, so in terms of games, that's 24. Last 24 games, they've picked up 16 points. That's one six. Um in 24 games so you know put that over a season that's about 35 points that's you know there's no question about it that's relegation form so you know this run that Shrewsbury have been on it started at the end of last season and they've seems to have continued throughout um so yeah maybe some concerning times um I think there's talk of a takeover as well potentially happening um so yeah it's uh they're not a great team, but they're definitely a team. Like any team in this league, they've got the tools to hurt us. They did last season. Yeah, that point stat is a pretty worrying, actually, Joe. That's, that's, that's like what, five wins in a draw. That's 24 games. That, that's pretty abysmal, quite frankly. And uh, funnily enough, I just looked at the yellow card stats. They're the two highest booked players are the two wingbacks, Leahy and Elliot. So that's an, it's an interesting dynamic there. If, if it is indeed Kyoso and Harvey on those wings, they can really get at them and uh, cause them trouble for sure. Um, obviously, last episode that was didn't end up getting released in the end. We spoke a lot about uh, rotating the side, and obviously, some players maybe getting a bit too comfortable. And you know, Manning should, could maybe look to bring some reinforcement back in. Um, are we are we feeling similar to what we thought last time? Obviously, guys, elaborate on that. But you know, Ross, do you, would you like to see some rotation in, in the midfield, particularly going into this one? Well, we for the first time this season, we've got a full fit squad. And obviously on paper, um, fans' favourite, Kasumu. For me, he's got to be in the squad. Um, Ethan Robson, 
quality player on his day and we saw we saw how uh, good he was at the start of the season. But in the last past few games, I do feel like his form's dropped. Um, and that was probably just, he was probably just going through one of those spells. And yes, we've had, what, nearly two weeks off now. But obviously with a fit Kasumu, I don't feel like you can drop him um, because we saw what he was like under Russ. Um, and I just feel, um, especially at top as well, Waters, again, he had his chance. Um, and yes, he might not have took it, but he did make an impact. But I just feel, again, with Mo coming back in the fold, you can't you can't be dropping someone who's like that in front of goal. And maybe Mo can, um, especially with Troy chipping in with the goals, Mo can get involved as well because we saw how well them two both worked together before he got injured. So, yeah, there's a few changes I'd like to see. But regarding the back line um, and a lot of the midfield, I think, and the wing backs, I'd keep it the same. But yeah, the only two players I'd I'd think about bringing in is Mo and uh, Kasumi. Yeah, I mean, Joe, are you thinking the same? You know, maybe a couple of changes, in particular, Kaz and Mo, or is there other players that you'd like to see come in? Not so sure about Kaz just yet, just because, I mean, he, he's had the one game, uh, hasn't he, so far? But I think with the strikers, it's a lot easier for them to slot back in. Whereas I think midfielders, maybe they just need that little bit of time to, to slot back in. I think... If anything, I was actually thinking McEachran for Robson. I think we saw that when Robson had more of the ball as Matt O'Reilly basically had two men on him the whole time in the Doncaster game. I think we saw that O'Reilly, uh, Ethan Robson, sorry, just didn't quite have the quality to cut through Doncaster or get the ball moving as quick as it needed to be. And I think with McEachran, one thing you're going to get is he just keeps the ball moving, he sets the tempo and he rarely loses the ball. And I think that you know, if, if a team are going to sit back and if you're, you know, trying to attack and go wide and switch play, I think McEachran's outstanding at that. And he does get stuck in. He's quite intelligent with his defending. So, yeah, McEachran. Also, Tanai Watson, I think, I think Tanai is probably better on the ball, I'd say, than Kyoso. I think Kyoso is more of a threat, both going forward and and defensively. Um, I think, you know, Kyoso's probably got the edge. But I, w- I would say I do like... I do like Tanai in terms of, you know, ball retention. I think he doesn't take too many risks and he's just quite sensible with it. And I think he's got really good runs as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if to can see, see a continuation of the rotation of the right backs, which is, you know, it's served us well so far. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense to me. And um, yeah, you know, Kyose Watson been rotated all season since they've both been in the squad. So yeah, I won't be shocked to see both of them start at least one game uh, these next two. Um, I suppose one thing to talk about is obviously with this extended break, you know, haven't played in what, about 10 days or so by the time Saturday comes around um, since that Papa John's game against Wickham. What do you think Liam Manning and the gents have been working on in terms of on the training ground? You know, there's, there clearly is a need for improvement in some areas based off the recent results and, you know, drop down table a little bit, but what do you reckon they've been working on Ross in terms of on the training pitch? I don't think they've been working on any anything specific in my eyes um, because you don't just turn a, a bad team overnight in my eyes um, after a few games. It's just fine details and um, you've got to just, I, as, as I say, just go over the videos and everything and explain the rights and your wrongs and, yeah, just work on it in training pitch. I don't feel like, as I say, there's anything 
specific we need to work on. I just feel we just need to tighten up uh, a bit at the back, um, cut out the sloppy errors. And then going forward, we just need to uh, click a bit more, utilise the wide areas um, a bit more, um, because I felt, especially at Doncaster, we didn't do that, um, and bring others into play. I just feel like, especially with Matt O'Reilly and um, Ethan Robson, we need to bring them into play, because of if we bring them into play, it allows Twiney to do his own thing, and it allows Troy to do his thing. So it's just about bringing others into play, and... Um, yeah, as I say, I, I don't, I don't feel like they'll be working on something specific at all. I mean, yeah, you mentioned about sloppy errors, Ross. Is it, Joe? Is it, is it more of a mental sort of training then for these? Obviously, it's a young squad. Um, you, you meant, seem to mention the average age of the squad every episode, but is it because they are such a young squad and they, you know, maybe lack experience in some areas? Is it more the coaches, staff, and some of the older players in the squad giving them that? help on the mental side of the game that can get them through sticky situations like Doncaster? I'm not too sure. I mean, I think, you know, with what Russ said, you know, we conceded five goals to the team in 20th and 24th in two games. Not good. And looking back at all goals, all those goals, they were so frustrating because of how <clears throat> avoidable all of them seemed. Um, for me, I think it's a weird one because if you think back to the Wickham game, I know I'm going a little bit further back, but we had loads of chances but we just couldn't finish them. And then the last two games, uh, Fleetwood and, and Doncaster, we didn't actually create that many chances at all. Um, it's not as if, you know, we were carving teams open and just didn't couldn't find that finishing touch. For me, we just didn't look that dangerous. So I think it's about just moving the ball quickly. Um, and I think, you know, maybe it's get, making sure that O'Reilly and Twine, because I think they both had quiet-ish games, against Fleetwood and Doncaster. Interestingly, both of them played three-man midfield against the two men of Robson and O'Reilly. So I think, you know, that it almost, you know, it worked, let's be honest, because all of a sudden our creative threats were nullified, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe just finding solutions to, to when teams set up that way, how to get an extra man out wide or how to actually use the spaces, which will be left, you know, if they've got three men in midfield, it means they're not going to have other people covering other areas. So it's all about just working that out. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's things we can take from the games, I think, but I don't think he's not, he's going to like, you know, rip up, as Ross said, he's not going to rip up the book and say, right, that's it. We're doing set piece defending for the next six days or something. You know, it's not going to be like that. I think it's going to be, exercises and you know training based around how do we get better at moving the ball quicker how do we get better at creating good chances or beating a press and and also I think the goals we conceded I think maybe just might be concentration things like that so yeah I think there's definitely things that we can look at to improve um, but I don't think you know it's it's a, it, I don't think we've been bad enough in the last week or so to turn around and start you know, changing this, that, and whatever. I think it's more just building on the same because we never were the finished article. It was, you know, uh, and I don't think we're not going to win every game of the season. So it's just about looking at where we could have done better and, and and just, you know, focusing on that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We, we should have picked our results in both games, quite frankly. Uh, we've had the chances to do both and it's, it's just annoying that it didn't happen, quite frankly. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I'm sure there's a lot of work that's gone on to correcting that and heading into... Another busy period. 
Okay, gents, score predictions for Shrewsbury, what are we thinking? I'm thinking 3-1 Dons, personally. Um, obviously, we've mentioned the Shrewsbury conceded goals, 18 this season, one of the highest in the league, conceded six in the last three, I believe, uh, or at least at least two goals conceded in the last three games. So, you yeah, conceded a lot. Dons are looking to bounce back from a pretty poor couple of results. So, I think Shrewsbury waits the perfect time to do that. Uh, Ross, what are you thinking? Are you sticking with a three points like myself or... Or what direction are you taking it in? I think you've stole pretty much every word I was about to say. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go 3-1 as well, because obviously um, I don't I don't feel like we'll keep a clean sheet. I don't know why. Um, it'll probably be Sean Wally who scores, because he always scores against us. But um, yeah, I've gone with 3-1. Like it, I like it. Joe, are you completing the hat-trick of 3-1s or are you uh, going in a different direction? I'm erring on the side of caution purely based on the fact that I will be going to this game and I haven't seen us win away in, well, so I think I worked, we worked out the other, the other week, I think, but yeah, we've won, I think, four four games away since Knox County away, which has been about 26 games. I've been to 15 of them, of them I think, and uh, so out of the 10, I haven't been, we've won four of them and we haven't won a single one of the ones I've been to. Um <laughs> But I mean, let's let's change that, lads. Uh, I'm I going come two one, <laughs> a narrow two one. <laughs> yeah, the streak's got to end at some point, Joe. I mean, you can't go on forever, but yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, it ends on Saturday. Okay, we'll take a short little break, and then we'll get stuck into a Wigan preview for Tuesday night. podcast is a proud member of the fan hub 100 football without fans is nothing so we've partnered with fan hub to put fans first search fan hub app to play your part in the journey second preview of the episode and another away day at this time we're getting on tuesday night so i'm sure there won't be too many long time to go into this one unfortunately but i know two people that are on this call and uh, one of them is going to take you through the wigan preview so uh joe talk to us all about wigan Wigan are a good team, in short. Um, it's going to be a very tough game. They're currently sitting third in the league, having only played 10 games, whereas there's quite a few teams that have played 11 or 12. And their record currently stands at seven wins, one draw and just two defeats. And they've uh, only conceded seven goals, having scored 17. And the manager's Liam Richardson, which um, some people may remember, it's the same one from last year. And although they finished towards the bottom of the table... The second half of the season, they were actually, you know, they were definitely a top half level team. And the, the manager, he really did get them going. And the thing is with Liam Richardson as well, he's been lo- the long-standing um, assistant of Paul Cook when Paul Cook was at Chesterfield um, and previously Wigan as well. And when he had success, Liam Richardson was there. And uh, he doesn't seem to be doing too well without Liam Richardson. So uh, perhaps, you know, maybe that just shows what sort of uh, impact Liam Richardson has had. Um, they're, they're currently um, the joint best uh, p- uh, points per game in the league so they do sit in third but points per game is the the uh, highest along with Sunderland they actually lost three of their last five games however two of them were in cup competitions um, one of them to Sunderland and the other one uh, was in the Papa John's to uh, to crew so probably you know don't, don't, can't read too much into that and they also lost Sheffield Wednesday in the league as well um, in terms of uh, you know some some numbers for you guys, um, 
they're not particularly spectacular at anything, but they're just quite good at everything. And, and when you roll that all into one, it does make for a team that's going to be pretty hard to stop, to be honest. Um, so their top half for both set-piece um, XG as well as open play XG. So they're making chances from open play as well as from set-pieces. So it's really good to have that balanced threat. And um, in terms of actually conceding XG and conceding chances, um, they're, I believe they're fourth XG against an open play. So in open play, they're more than happy to just soak it up and, and, let, and let teams come onto them. But then but then they don't really concede too many good chances. Um, they've had the lowest percentage of shots outside the box in the league. So that, to me, just is saying that they're not just uh, having pot shots from 30 yards. They're really you know, putting crosses into the box or they're really working the ball and waiting to get their shots off in good areas. So either in the six-yard box or or elsewhere in the box, where, of course, you, you know, you will have a better chance of um, of scoring. Um, they've, they've got um, 17 goals this season. So, you know, it's towards the top end, but it's not, not quite at the top. Um, and then they've... But, that, but the thing is with them, they're remarkably consistent. They've scored in each of their last 10 games. Um, so when you're doing that, if you keep clean sheet, you've won. You know, if you score in, if you score one goal and keep clean sheet, you know you've won, haven't you? So that's you know a good combo to have. And um, but I think the best way to describe them is that they're just a very workmanlike team. They've gone ahead nine times this season, and they've only actually conceded an equaliser in that twice. So once they do go ahead, they do know how to see out a game, and then you know they'll be more than happy to just sit on a lead and grind the games out. You know, best defence in the league, as I previously said. Players like Ben Amos uh, in goal, Kate, very capable goalkeeper, and uh, Jake Watmore, Jack Watmore, sorry, from Portsmouth. Um, you know, he, he wasn't great at Portsmouth last year, but I think he's someone that does have the quality to be really good. Um, and I think that they've just got their whole team. They haven't necessarily got any stars. They've got a few flair players, um, you know, maybe on the wings. But in terms of the actual core of the team, they're just players that are good physically, they're all good all-rounders and they're going to just, you know, give it, give you the edge. Um, and they're not direct at all. They do, you know, play football, but they've got Charlie White up top. So if need be, they can have, you know, him hold up and bring, you know, the flair play, players, like I say, in Lang and, and McLean into place. So a very good team. And, you know, it's, you know, it's no disgrace to lose to them, but if we've got aspirations of being up there come the end of the season, it would be great to take some points off them. Um, and we we are capable of doing it, but it's uh, yeah by no means is it going to be uh, an easy game. We'll have to be at the top of our game. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Joe. Um, one thing I didn't take note of was the open play HG stats because I look at them myself before recording, and for for and against, it is the senior team that's overachieving, quite frankly. So obviously with the nine point six open play HG, they've scored twelve goals. So they're overachieving their open play XG for goals for and goals against. They're also they're also they're seeded seven XG, but they're going to seeded three. So do you think they're actually due to get a few bad results, a bit like we have really in terms of you know they're they're due to concede some goals and also have a bit of a dry spell up front up front. Um, I think that I, mean, I think it maybe can happen. I mean, if you add if you add their XG from open play and set piece set pieces, that's it's 9.6 at 5.1, so that's 14.7, and they've scored 17. So it's not too much over. But I think when you've got a player like Charlie White, he might not. I think a lot of Sunderland players were saying he, he just didn't really do much. But it, it's quite funny to hear a team say that about 
striker that scored 30 goals in the season. And if you're going to have a, someone that scores 30 goals for you, you're probably going to be up there. Um, you know, so I think it's um, maybe an account of the quality in their team that they've got, so they, that they've actually got the quality of player who can, you know, finish off chances that maybe players ha- halfway down the table, you know, mid-table strikers that aren't on, because let's face it, you know, they've got players that are on big money. You know, Will Keane's their top scorer this season and he's an ex-Manchester United, um, you know, ex-Manchester United player. So they've got some players with some real pedigree. So maybe that's that's the difference, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, the two teams have lost to this season were Sutherland the first day of the season in, in the league anyway. And then Sheffield Wednesday at home. So the teams they lost to aren't exactly bad teams at all. So it's going to take a good team to uh, break them down at the moment. But, you know, who says we're not a good team? We're playing pretty well at the moment. So, yeah, why not? Um, Ross, some key players at Wigan. Talk to us about them. So I just wanted to highlight their um, player of the month for September, Tom Naylor, um, 30-year-old um, centre defence mid who links up their attack, uh, defence from attack so well. Um, he's got an 88% completion rate in his own half of passes and that just goes to show like how reliant he is in the squad and when you've got a player like that it reassures other players um, for like for example Will Keane and Callum Lang to go forward at the end of the day um, but he does the ugly side of the game also so well um, he's averaging two interceptions and two tackles per game so he, he doesn't mind what he does um, but he is a standout in this Wigan team in my eyes um, yes he can score goals um, like Charlie Wyke and Will Keane are doing but you've also got to do the defending and I think that's the reason why they are, they've conceded the I believe the least goals in the league with only seven um, and the other player I just wanted to highlight was Max Power I believe he got he got sold to Sunderland and then Wigan bought him back um, from back um I think he got sold in the championship in 2015. So it's a bit a bit, bit ironic if you ask me. But um he's a versatile player for sure. He can I believe he can play in centre mid, um, centre back and right back. So he can play it pretty much any, anywhere along that back line. Um and I, I do believe he's a leader as well. Um if you looked at that Sunderland side last year, one player who really got people G'd up was him. And um, if Wigan want to have or have desires to make the championship, he's going to be a massive part of that. Yeah, Max Power's a brilliant shout. You know, five goal contributions in nine games, 2.60 passes per game. His heat map's just bobbing down the right-hand side uh, mm-hmm. for Wigan. Yeah, I think he's, he's going to be really pivotal to that Wigan team if they want any chance of beating us on Tuesday. You know, he's actually an excellent player. And um, yeah, he's properly on the pitch, as you mentioned. Okay, uh, score predictions, gents. Obviously, this one's uh, probably mostly less optimistic, but a bit more cautious than we were on um, Shrewsbury in terms of how we think this one might go. Uh, my opinion, and any point will do here, quite frankly. Yeah, it's pretty poor performance <laughs> away at Wigan. The last time we were there, obviously, Will Grigg scored quite a few goals. Um, how do you think it'll go, Ross? I do feel like we'll struggle there. Um that's why I feel like this game against Shrewsbury, um, we'd need the three points, um, especially with obviously Rotherham um, after Wigan. But obviously, I wouldn't wouldn't moan at a point. I, f- I probably would take a point right now. Um, I believe Wigan have won their si- past six games. Um, 
out of seven. So it's not a bad record at all. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with a, with a uh, one-all draw. I do feel like um, we'll nick something. Um, but if we do lose, you can't really say um, or begrudge or uh, moan about the result because at the end of the day, with Wigan being where they are, they're there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, very good side. And I think any point will do, quite frankly. Um, Joe, are you in the same mindset in terms of that or do you reckon we'll get, take all three points from Wigan? I'm, I'm going for a win here. And I'll tell you for why. Um, they, they've, they've only played four games against teams in the top nine in the table. And out of those, they've only won one out of the four games. They're very, very proficient about beating the lower, the bottom half teams. And I just think back to games we've played this season against some of the better teams in the league that like to play football. You think of Bolton, you know, that we, you know, 30 seconds away from getting a win there. Sunderland, they had seven shots, scored two. We had, you know, 17 shots or something in Manning's first game. And they do look like the best team in the league. They, you know, they, let's not, let's um, get that clear. And I think, um, you know, teams like Accrington and Portsmouth, again, teams that are going to be top half, going to be up there. Ipswich, a team that play, get it down and play proper football, where we were absolutely devastated not to win that. And I think we've done well against teams that will play football. And so I think if it's a pure football match, I don't see why we can't compete. And it'll be, a, you know, a nice big pitch, you know, ex-Premier League stadium. And I think... Yeah, I, th- I think why not? Why can't we go and win there? I'm going for a 2-1 win. So, Joe, you could say we're going to do a few bad results then, like I said earlier. We've uh, played mm. as a bowl in the next couple of games. And I've gone for two away wins in four days. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, I've gone two nil dons. Um, I do think we'll beat Wigan. As a lot of people know, I'm not a big fan of Wigan. Um, I had those uh, my biggest like flop of the season. So far, that hasn't gone to plan, but they are due to lose results, trust me. And I feel this next period of Bolton away and then us at home could spark a little bit of that. Already seen signs of it yeah. losing Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Yeah, the only thing is, I think with Wigan, I don't think there'll ever be a point where they're like really bad. But I just think sometimes maybe... The, the, the top, top quality just might not be there. I mean, you look at that midfield, what was it? Naylor, Naylor's, Naylor's in that midfield. But this is a Naylor that was, a Naylor and Watmore, who are performing amazingly so far, but they were pretty average players in that Portsmouth team that finished mid-table last year. Um, and then you've got someone like, um, you know, like even um, Max Power. I think it, Sunderland actually released him uh, in the summer. I think he was a free transfer pickup. So, yeah, I think that they have got quality. There's no doubt about it. But they're very—they are a good team. There's no denying it. But I just think that we—we we, if we're at it, then I think that we can 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 win this game. Yeah, I mean, all it takes to see bad results. You know, seen us for example, we were what, was it third, and now after one point from the last six, we're down in sixth again. So it's not the end of the world, believe me. But you know, all it takes to be bad results, and you can spiral down the league and. Wigan, for me, are one of those teams where that could happen, unfortunately, for them. In front of so about 80, saying, 80 Dons fans, then. Yeah, well. Are, are, are you saying, Liam, now that we're not second place, the table doesn't matter at this point in the season? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, you're exactly right. You put words <laughs> out of mouth. 
Okay, um, that rounds off nicely for the latest episode of the MK1 podcast. Uh, thank you as always for listening and apologies once again for last week's uh, audio issues. Uh, hopefully they're resolved this week. And as always, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.